I feel like I'm in a zone right now Mm -hmm. where I only hear from people when they want something. Mm -hmm. And that really has started to bother me because when you are in a certain position, maybe a job that's public, maybe one that might or might not have access to concert tickets, people wanting to come on to your show. Mm -hmm. After a while, I start saying to myself, how come you never asked me to go out for a beer? Right. It's just all that stuff. (laughs) You should ask them to go out for a beer and then ask them for all that stuff. (laughs) At least give you something, right, Brian? I'll just say... Maybe I'll give you the concert tickets if you pay for the goddamn beer. <laughs> Coping on the couch time with Courtney and Brian, episode 90. Courtney Kelly is a mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime patient. And one of the things that we do together outside of the podcast, Courtney, is a little country music morning radio show. Yes, we and do. one of the most popular songs of 2021 mm-hmm. was Famous Friends. Right. We're not going down that path today. <laughs> We're going down a more unpleasant path, and that would be Toxic Friends. Yes. So we've been seeing this pop up more and more, and I think there was a woman who was on the Today Show the other day talking all about toxic friendships, and this is something that I do talk to my clients a lot about. It will come up in conversation, different things that they're uncomfortable with in their friendships, so I do a lot of education around this as far as what it looks like. And also, if it's causing you stress and anxiety, maybe your friendship is not ideal for you. I do think that there are two foundations in your life. You are essentially the sum total of the decisions that you make, be they good or Mm -hmm. bad. And you are also defined by whom you surround yourself with. And a lot of times, if you have bad influences, this is why your parents, when you were younger, they didn't want you running with the wrong crowd. Right. Because you start to get influenced by that. Mm-hmm. And if not influenced, then perhaps weighed down by that. Right. That's interesting that you say that because one of the things I was going to talk about is how sometimes when you're with certain people, you will act in certain ways that you don't feel pleased with yourself about because either you're people pleasing, you're doing what you think that will be better for them, or you don't want to disappoint them or get in trouble with them. I know I've had relationships where I kind of felt like I was walking on eggshells. And to me, that's one of the big signs if I feel really uncomfortable around someone. And this isn't about having difficult conversations. Yes, you're going to be nervous. Certain topics that you talk about, yes. But if you're always feeling that you can't truly be yourself and you can't express yourself and you're always second guessing because you're like, I don't want to upset the person, then it's time to look at that relationship. And there are some people, too, who are essentially leeches in a way. Mm -hmm. They just suck the life right out of you and they pull you down to their level. And that's something, too, as I've become older, that I tolerate a lot less. Right. I know you probably do. You're like, nope. And you cut that right (laughs) out. I was already a recluse before (laughs) I figured that out. Exactly. And some of the warning signs of a toxic friendship when they had on the Today Show, when they had the segment, they were talking about when people don't respect your boundaries or they're always asking for something. Mm-hmm. I know you've had times when you've gotten frustrated where you felt like friendships were based on the fact of the things that you could do for them. I feel like I'm in a zone right now mm-hmm. where I only hear from people when they want something. Mm-hmm. And that really has started to bother me because when you are in a certain position, maybe a job that's public, maybe one that might or might not have access to concert tickets, things like that, people wanting you to appear on their podcast, people wanting to come on to your show. Mm-hmm. After a while, 
I start saying to myself, how come you never asked me to go out for a beer? Right. It's just all that stuff. (laughs) You should ask him to go out for a beer and then ask him for all that stuff. (laughs) At least give you something, right, Brian? (laughs) I'll just say, maybe I'll give you the concert tickets if you pay for the goddamn beer. (laughs) Exactly. Don't be cheap. The other thing is people who are not good at being accountable. Maybe they say they're going to be at a certain place, certain time. They're going to help you out with certain things and they're not helping you or they back out of things and they're flaky. That can be a sign of someone who's maybe toxic in your relationship or maybe people who get jealous of you and they're not happy for your successes and they get, as people would say, a little salty about things and they get upset with you. That can feel really bad and also can stress you out. The good news about that person is you can walk away from them. Mm -hmm. However, I have worked with that person Mm. very closely who becomes very jealous and competitive of you in that world. That's one that's almost impossible to navigate unless maybe you leave a job. It's really tough. And in that case, too, it's a lot of limit setting, looking at the boundaries, limiting time that you spend with them, if possible. And also, sometimes you just have to communicate. You have to have that conversation about what the effect is on you. And I talk to people a lot about the feedback model, where you would call out the behaviors, not the person, not calling them a Mm -hmm. bad person, but when they do certain behaviors, what the effect is on you and what your request is. And that can also be helpful giving you some words around it so that the person realizes what's going on. Now, that doesn't always happen. It doesn't always turn out well sometimes for certain relationships, because if they're really toxic, then it has to come down to either limit setting or saying, okay, I got to let go of this relationship. And sometimes you get the feeling, I've been in some where you sort of knew, okay, we're both going to take a break here and you allow for each other to do that. So that's the best case scenario, but it doesn't always go that way. And I can speak to experience from this about approaching somebody and saying, here's how your actions are negatively Mm -hmm. impacting me. And I've seen it go down the road of they refuse to change that behavior. Sometimes they try to manipulate you and trick you into thinking Mm -hmm. that maybe they're doing that. But then you reach a certain breaking point and you've had to walk away. I've done this with relatives in the past and it has made me look look like a horrible person to certain people Mm -hmm. who would never even ask for my side of the story. But you have to find the strength, the intestinal fortitude, and the wherewithal to just shut that noise off and say, I've got to do what's right for me right now. And we're always encouraged not to be selfish, and you should put your friends and family first. But as we always say, as with everything, there is a line. If it's impacting your health, if you're not sleeping, if they are making you depressed, Mm-hmm. If you don't want to get out of bed, right? things like that at some point, I mean, come on. If they're making you feel badly when you're just trying to share your opinion and tell them how things are impacting you, and if they twist it around on you like you're the bad guy, that's another sign, too. If they're gaslighting you and they're making you it's seem control. like, okay, you're the one who's in the wrong, it's like, wait a minute, I'm just trying to stand up for myself and maybe share in how I'm feeling. They all of a sudden make you feel like you're the one in the wrong. And so it can be very confusing. And like you said, too, it leads to a lot of mental health issues. I have people who talk to me about friends. They lied about something. That whole thing with social media, like, oh, I can't hang out with you. But then they see them hanging out with other people. That's very hurtful. And that can happen to our younger crowd a lot of times, too, that happens. So watching for these signs, if you are not excited to hang out with somebody, if you get a pit in your stomach, if you start to feel like, oh, my gosh, you're trying to like plan, like, how is this going to go? And what if they say this? And we do want to put effort into our relationships, of course. But if you're feeling like it's more work and if you really can't remember what it is that you love to do and hang out with them, like, 
why it is you love to spend time with them, then that might also be a red flag to look at. And here's another area where it can be especially hurtful, frustrating, and hard to walk away from. There may be somebody that you love that you're trying to help, but they don't want the help. Right. They resist it and they fight you on it. You see them continuing to go down that downward Mm -hmm. spiral. Now you're in this position. Do I stick around and stay on this treadmill? Or do I run for the hills to save myself? I've been in that position where you've had to run for the hills. And it's not the easiest thing to do. But in the big picture, usually I feel pretty good about it in the aftermath. And I don't run at the first sign of trouble. I'll give you six, seven, eight, 10, 15 chances. But it just gets to a point where I always say, do it as much as you can possibly tolerate it, then do it seven more times. Mm -hmm. And if it's still not working, then now it's time to protect yourself. Yeah. And that's really important, Brian. And I give you kudos for that. It's not always easy to know when to walk away. Mm -hmm. And if it's really impacting you, then sometimes you're going down with a sinking ship. It's like you're trying to fight to help, but then you're losing your energy and you're losing your focus. And that can also impact your own relationships because you start getting angry and resentful and you get frustrated. And then the people around you, there could be some toxicity that you're passing on without knowing it because you're so frustrated trying to control another situation. Oh, I've taken some of that stuff out on other people Mm -hmm. and had to have them come to me and let me know. And in that moment, I say to myself, all right, make sure that I don't become the person who's Mm -hmm. doing that to me. I have to be aware of that, acknowledge it and do something about it. Because if I don't, if this person is smart, they will run away from me. And that's what I pointed out to some of my clients too. When they feel like they don't have the power in one relationship, they start to get that frustration and they do, they have to watch that. As far as sometimes they're internalizing it and they're getting more depressed and isolative. Other times they're outbursting with other people. And so it is really important to look at that. And I think just conceptualizing it, sometimes the toxic relationships, it doesn't start out that way. And sometimes it shifts. I always remember something that Oprah said about sometimes your friends can't make the climb with you or people in your life. So like if you get successful or things change in your life and transition, things can go along all hunky-dory, but then all of a sudden something changes. Maybe that person can't really handle that, like your success. Maybe they get jealous. There can be all sorts of shifts, and if they can't make that climb with you or they can't be in that transition with you, then sometimes we have to just normalize that and say, okay, just like they say, a season, a reason. (laughs) Sometimes people are not supposed to be in our lives forever, and we have to look at that and maybe make a shift. I also always remember something that Oprah said, which was, you get a car. <laughs> it wasn't directed at me, <laughs> but I'm hoping eventually it right, will. Right, it. it'll come your way, exactly. The other thing, though, it was funny, I was reading an article about this. In the flip side, there was a woman who was talking about how supportive she was of her friend. They worked together, and the friend wanted to be an actress. The friend would go on all these auditions. She'd be so supportive. The friend started getting some success, bought like a really nice house, started to change her lifestyle. Well, surprisingly, it wasn't the friend who was still working at the original place who got upset. It was the other friend. The other friend offered her a job as her assistant. (laughs) And the girl said, you know what? No, actually, I'm happy at the other company. She's like, what's the matter with you? Why don't you want to do this with me? So the girl said, I was never jealous of her. I was so happy for her. But now the flip side, because you would think it's like, oh, the person was jealous. But no, she was happy for her. She never felt bad about her life. But the other girl made her feel bad about her life. And so she was toxic in that way. And I could see where, do you want to be my assistant? Yeah. might feel 
a little demeaning, yes. especially from a friend. Yes. And I'm sure the intention wasn't for it to be that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you really have to think about it. When you see a friend react that way, really ask yourself, yeah. put yourself in that person's position and say, would I be upset if mm-hmm. the tables were turned? Well, I thought that was because she also said that the friend was actually kind of offended that right. the girl didn't want to change her job and have more money and all of these things. And she said, no, I'm happy for you, but why do I need to change? You mm-hmm. know? So it's interesting. Sometimes how we think it would go, it can also go the opposite way. So just keeping an open mind to that, that sometimes it's not the scenario that we think is playing out. And sometimes we might be in a relationship that's really not healthy. And here's where this topic is interesting timing for me personally, because I actually had a situation that developed this week. And I talked about how I give people numerous chances with something, but at some point mm-hmm. I can't take it anymore. And I do everything in my power, well-documented on this podcast, to stay off of social media. But I was on social media the other day for another reason. And in being on there, one of my oldest and dearest friends, who we could not be more polar opposite as it relates to how we look at the whole COVID situation. Mm-hmm. And I was there for her when we were much younger, when her dad passed away from cancer. And she couldn't accept the fact that these things just happened. It must have been something else that went wrong. And she started going down these deep rabbit holes about, well, people who have certain types of fillings end up getting cancer and it's increased in this way and that way and the other way. And these should be eliminated and going on and on and on. And as you always say, I just kind of left a space for her Mm -hmm. and let her do that and let her try to work it out and be there for her as much as possible. I told her at times I would say, well, yeah, but there's a lot of people who have those fillings who don't get cancer. So don't completely consume yourself with something that might not be productive Mm -hmm. because that might actually take you in the wrong direction as well. But the bottom line is I tried to be as supportive as possible. Now, she knows full well that my mom died from COVID, that I sat there and had to watch this very torturous and painful death. She knows how I feel about everyone just doing things out of an abundance of caution. I don't know what works. I don't know what doesn't work. But is it that difficult to throw a mask on, to get the vaccine, stuff like that? And I try not to talk about it too much unless I'm poked. Mm -hmm. Well, she is the exact other way, going down another rabbit hole in extreme directions and posts and posts and posts about it. We've had private conversations. I've asked her to stop. She hasn't stopped. I just so happened to see one of those posts the other night. And Courtney, Mm -hmm. I just couldn't help myself. And I jumped in and I said to her exactly what I said to you. I was by your side throughout everything with your dad. And I tried to be open minded about it and tried to be there for you as Mm -hmm. much as I possibly could. And for you to put up this insensitive post when you know that I can see it, I just want you to know I am reconsidering our friendship. Mm -hmm. This is a 30 year friend, Courtney. But that's me firing a shot over the bow Mm -hmm. in a very public way. Since then, this was four or five days ago. I have not heard one peep Mm -hmm. from her. So she doesn't even really, I don't know, have the courage to speak to me about Mm -hmm. this. But I'm telling you, I'm about a post away from blocking and unfriending and moving on. And that might seem, I don't know, cold. And it might seem like something where people might say, oh, but you've known her for that long. I've already expressed to her multiple times how I feel about this. And as my mom was dying, she hit up my brother about ivermectin and everything else. And we're like, you're not helping us. Mm -hmm. Like, please stop with this. And she just can't and she won't. And if she doesn't, is she really a friend? That's the question that you have to ask. My wife is in the process of leaving a job. And she was very, very worried and nervous about telling people 
people because she didn't want to hurt or disappoint them. And I said to her, this is a perfect opportunity. I call it a friendship test. Right. Are they happy for you mm-hmm. or are they making it about themselves? And if they're making it about themselves, that's not a friend. Right. They can be sad, mm-hmm. but they shouldn't be angry with you. They shouldn't lash out, but they should also say, for as sad as I am for you to go, I'm very happy for your opportunity, which across the board is the way that it went. And one friend of hers went above and beyond in that department. And I said, there's your friend for life. Yeah, that's really, like you said, the friendship test. And I was just talking to a client about this the other day. It can be all in how we express ourselves. We're human. We're going to have all these feelings. Sometimes we're going to get jealous. Sometimes we're going to get upset. Like you said, like with your wife leaving somewhere, that's going to be impactful. But choosing our words and really like opening up to being vulnerable and being honest rather than leading with the anger and the resentment and the cutting remarks and that kind of thing. For example, saying, oh my gosh, I am kind of jealous of you. (laughs) Or, oh my gosh, we're going to miss you and it's going to be tough, but I'm supportive of you. I'm happy for you. That kind of thing understanding where each other's coming from. And I think that's the biggest part and having that respect and that compassion for each other. But when you lead with the biting remarks or putting people down, that can get really toxic. But if you're really honest and say, listen, I'm hurt or I'm upset about such and such, but I'm going to work through this, but I'm so happy for you. That brings it to another level so the other person can understand what's going on. And I think if we have more of that honesty, we can have less of that toxicity. That also speaks to the danger of saying something in the moment in a knee-jerk mm-hmm. fashion yes. that is impacting you emotionally. And a lot mm-hmm. of people say, too, if you want to put up that angry tweet or Facebook yes. post, <laughs> wait wait a day <laughs> yes. and then see if you feel the same way and mm-hmm. see if you think it's the smart thing to do. And in terms of that woman who was having the acting success and asked a friend mm-hmm. to be the assistant, right. maybe workshop that a little bit, too. <laughs> well, and the girl was like, oh, thanks for asking me, right. but I'm all set. But the girl got mad at her <laughs> for but not even workshop the reaction. And like I said, try to put yourself in the other person's shoes Mm -hmm. and see where they're coming from. And for as much as I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of my friend who keeps ranting and raving about COVID, knowing how much I am scarred by this and knowing that I can see it and Mm -hmm. not caring clearly at all. And incidentally, since I've confronted her, I have been walloped by people. Thank you for doing the Mm -hmm. thing that none of us have had the courage to do with her. What is wrong with her? Why has she gone off the deep end and Mm -hmm. I say look she can believe and think whatever she wants that's not my place but when that starts to affect me and impact me Mm -hmm. and she knows it and she doesn't care that's failing the friendship test and the thing is Brian you have you've talked to her about it and you've been open about the fact that you guys have differing opinions on a lot of things and you're very good at navigating that and so I think sometimes it comes to that place where and I've had this in a couple of friendships one of them in particular was very painful but I had to come to a place where I'm like, I love you. I wish you the best, but we are not good for each other. This is where it ends right now. Who knows what we'll pick up in the future, but for right now, this is not working. And this is where maybe we're not good for each other because when we've had those private conversations, and this is why I felt the need to go public, mm-hmm. she speaks in absolutes, whereas mm-hmm. I speak and say, look, I'll be honest with you. I don't know everything about this. Mm-hmm. I don't even think science knows everything about this because it changes from day to day, but I'm willing to go along on the ride and do the thing that appears to be the safest thing possible. And that's all I ask is that understanding from you Mm -hmm. other than this ranting and raving because guess what? Just like me, you don't know either. For as much as you like to think you do, just 
because you're going down your rabbit holes on the mm-hmm. internet, which again, the internet, the wild, wild west for people who aren't aware of that fact and don't trust every single thing that you read out there, right. but you just feel like it's more important to make your point and everyone else be damned, mm-hmm. including friends who have been harshly impacted and affected by yeah. this. At some point, enough is enough already. And this is what we see. There's so many friendships like this and marriages, too, mm-hmm. over everything with the pandemic. I've heard of couples talking about how they can't even talk about it anymore. It used to be the politics, and now it's like, hey, you know, things with COVID. I once dated a New York Yankee fan. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I can't even imagine. That was so tough. I don't know how you did that. I don't even that. know how I did it. You really we're showed still a, talking. a lot of tolerance. <laughs> I don't know how you did it. But I know yeah. how I did it. All the championships since 2004. Ah, Take that, no, rubbing, it in their, <laughs> rubbing it in their face. I see how it is. I think we see this a lot. I hear about this a lot in people's relationships, trying to navigate that. Like you said, with the absolutes. And the thing is, too, with the urgency. That's the other thing. Being mindful, stopping, putting a pause. Most times, things aren't so urgent that you have to act on them now. We feel it because we get triggered by something and we get upset. So we feel urgently emotionally. But it's not something where it's a threat to us. Our body acts like it is. But it's really not truly a threat to us that we have to call 911 right now or like I have to burst out with that emotion. No, we can stop and we can say, okay, what is this telling me? It's telling me that my values are getting stepped on. What else is it telling me? Let me get information from it. Let me label it. And then let me figure out what my course of action can be. What kind of things can I do about that? Let me sit with it. Let me think about it rather than just reacting. And that's the other thing that can make friendships toxic is just reacting from that place. Since I've personally made the case for being Mr walk away. Mm -hmm. I also want to add something to it. I am not somebody who is not open to down the road, me having walked away from somebody and that person coming back to me and saying, you know what? I was wrong. I'm not necessarily saying that I agree with your point, but Mm -hmm. I was wrong in the way that I handled it. And can I have your forgiveness? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I will take that. If you come back, I give you that forgiveness and you screw me again. (laughs) Now we're done. (laughs) But I think you have to be open to you don't want to be absolute in that way either. Mm-hmm. We've had this major disagreement. I've walked away, so screw and you from it. here to eternity. Right. You shouldn't behave that way either. No, and that's interesting that you say that because I did have a relationship where there was this shift, and every time we hung out, I felt like I was, again, walking on eggshells. To me, that's always the sign. Like, if I get nervous hanging around with somebody, the phone rings, I'm looking, I go, oh, I feel like I'm in trouble. That's a sign that it's probably not the Courtney's best like, relationship. Courtney's like, again? <laughs> now, if he calls, yeah, if you call, I know. You know it's is terrible. An emergency or something? Like, what happened? This man talks to no one. <laughs> he does not call anyone. He texts. He will text you five pages to a avoid manifesto. Calling. Yes, exactly. If I have that, then I'm like, oh. Or if you just get that feeling of like, oh my gosh, if I talk to this person, what if I say the wrong thing and get in trouble or something like that? I had a relationship where we were having some of that, and it just felt like everything I said was bothering her. Everything she said was bothering me, and I was like, what is going on? And we took a break. It was like, all right, we're really busy. We just took a break. Stop talking for like a year. And then all of a sudden, hey, what are you up to? And just started texting again. Then we started hanging out and everything was fine. So it was very strange. There was some time and place that whatever she was going through, whatever I was going through, it just wasn't meshing. We couldn't find a rhythm. And then all of a sudden, like I said, a year later, everything's been cool. Like we've been talking, there's been no issues. And so I feel that sometimes in life, like you said, the timing and giving it time, that's okay. We have to be willing to let it go. And if it's not working out at that time, we can't just try to force it. But hey, maybe it'll work 
out down the road. And sometimes, perhaps both sides need an opportunity to grow mm-hmm. and do so apart from each other. And you're never too old to find growth yes. and to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes to think that the older you get, the more answers you have. I say the yeah. older I get, the more questions I have. <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, I, I don't like understand what any of this is about for. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to either. But the thing is, you have to find ways to work within it or work around it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Having that willingness, that open-mindedness, let me take in all of these parts rather than just reacting from the emotional side of things. But if you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling exhausted, depleted, disappointed, upset when you're hanging around with somebody, then you really got to look at that and say, okay, what's going on here? Maybe you're having some issues and it's really not the other person, but maybe the other person is just not fitting well in your life and there needs to be a conversation. Not all relationships have to end. Maybe the person didn't realize how they were coming at you. So it's having that conversation. But if you have that conversation, and just like you said, Brian, if they don't respect it, if they don't respond to it, if they're not open to hearing that, then how strong is the friendship? And you have to look at that. My wife, who has been the executive director of the American Heart Association, the Southern New England chapter, there's this thing that I constantly hear from people, and I've had a stroke too, where they say, listen to your body. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to a relationship like that, listen to your body, listen to your mind, listen to your heart. Yeah. Listen to your conscience. I mean, if you are getting a knot, like you said, yeah. every time you see a phone number, obviously something yeah. is very wrong. But you say this, Brian, and I have to say, you are really good at stuff like this. But for some of us, we struggle because... Oh, I see that. I can see we'd be like, ah, I don't want to talk to this one. They're making me sick. <laughs> but for some of us, we question ourselves constantly. And we're like, wait a minute, is it me? Oh my gosh, maybe I just need to push through this. What's the matter with me? And so if you don't have that strong sense developed, sometimes it can be hard. And I have to tell you, I had a relationship. It was a really close relationship to me. I always wish them the best. I still think of them fondly, but we just could no longer continue with the friendship and it was just too painful. But I remember how I felt and I also remember how people around me saw warning signs and I didn't see it. And I was constantly making excuses for that person. Oh, they didn't mean it like that. Oh, when they did that or didn't show up for this or they got mad at me about that, they didn't mean it. They're going through a hard time. People will stay in romantic relationships, yes. the worst ones, it's the same the, way. And I know those it's people. It's the same thing. It's hard sometimes to find that line of, okay, I'm going to give you a lot of chances and we're going to work at this, or am I just getting stepped on? Or is this just not honoring my values? And so that was really painful and difficult for me. And I had friends being like, they try to talk to me and I'd get upset with them and be like, everything's fine and this person's fine and they're not trying to hurt me. And just like I say with mental health issues, sometimes the people around us, the ones that we really trust and we're close with, listen to them. They may be seeing what you're not seeing. And if you're making a lot of excuses for people who have bad behavior, that can also be a sign of a toxic friendship. And when you said I'm really good at a lot of the things that we've been speaking about this Mm -hmm. morning, and maybe you're not so much or other people aren't, I can tell you exactly what is at the root of that for you. (laughs) And it is... Yes, sir. What is it? Your own insecurity. Yes. It is you questioning yourself. It is you not being confident. It is you not believing in yourself. And I think that's what you need to work on more so than the toxic friendship. Mm -hmm. And I am at a point now, and that's not to say that I'm 100% secure with who I am. I'm a work in progress, just like everybody else. But I remember very early on when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I respected all of these people in the entertainment industry, and I 
was like, how do I figure out? And I would always read autobiographies of very successful people, or if they gave a talk, I would make sure that I would tune in for it. And Rush Limbaugh, who, regardless of how you feel about him politically, was a very competent broadcaster. Mm -hmm. And one thing that he said that I never forgot was, when you turn that microphone on, make sure that they can hear your confidence. Mm -hmm. Because I don't care how good you are at what you do, if you sound like you're nervous to do what you do, you are letting people know that in some ways, perhaps you don't know what you're doing, or at least that's what it feels like to them. So I had to find ways when I first got behind a microphone to find that confidence. When I first started writing things and submitting them to other people for judgment to find that confidence. But in everyday life, I also had to apply that to my relationships, Mm -hmm. family, friends, romantic, whatever. And I had to discover what worked and what didn't work. And I had to eventually be okay with that. With that confidence, that's why now, as I said, I try and try and try and try and try. Then I hit my line and I try seven more times. (laughs) And then you're And then I know at that point, yeah, I'm confident. Mm -hmm. At some point, it's either about the two of us or it's about you and it's about me. But when I hit that point, it's not about me anymore. And I feel okay with that. But a lot of people, I know it's very hard to get there because you almost feel like in some ways you're being arrogant, but rest assured, you're not Mm -hmm. because you have workshopped it, as I said. Of course. And the other piece is the people pleasing, you know, and if you have some confidence in how you feel, but then you go, oh, but I don't want to hurt them. And oh, what if (laughs) you give them the benefit of the doubt? But if you do it against yourself, Mm -hmm. that's the problem. And I say to people, you have to keep your agreements to yourself because otherwise you're not going to trust yourself. So you have to keep those agreements and not keep deferring to other people all the time. And try to work more on drawing strength from within yourself rather than trying to suck it out of other people. people, Yeah, Because Mm -hmm. you're never going to make it in life at anything Mm -hmm. if you're so dependent on others and not independent Mm -hmm. and if you don't believe in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And so it is always a work in progress and having that confidence and increasing your self-esteem and believing in yourself. But I just know that I've come a long way with it, but Mm -hmm. I look at you and I'm like, oh yeah, he does it really well. (laughs) He's got that down. But I'm still not perfect. (laughs) I still have a ways to go. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this thing with my friend isn't bothering me. It's bothering me to a degree just because I'm grieving it. Mm -hmm. But I'm not questioning what I did or how I handled it. That's the difference, I guess. You just kind of have to get to that place. place, But sometimes I have to move on from the grieving a little bit more Mm -hmm. quickly and I can't let it define the action or who I am. It reminds me of this moment I had with this friendship that was just tearing me up and it was just so difficult. And I remember pulling away from the person and just crying. I was driving and I was just like sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. Then all of a sudden this peace came over me and I went, oh my gosh, I can just choose to not be in this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I can wish them great things for their life and wish them well and send them love and not be angry with them, but know that this is the end of our journey. And all of a sudden I just cleared my face and I was able to drive and I made this shift. It was a strange moment. I will never forget it, that this peace came over me of choosing to have peace. And that's how I would choose to have it is that we will have to be separate. Plus through emoting, you got some of the pain out, Mm -hmm. you got some of the toxins out and it gave you clarity. I also recommend two to three shots of Jameson. (laughs) It has a similar effect. (laughs) I was talking to you earlier about, oh, did you cry? Did you have tears? I don't have tears. I have rage. I have no soul. Do you have tears of rage? (laughs) Maybe that's where we could go with that. (laughs) I have fists of rage. (laughs) Oh, I've seen those. Oh, I have seen those. But that's really just shadow boxing. (laughs) 
hardly hitting anybody else. <laughs> well, Courtney, hopefully we've made some friends over the course of this 30 Would you minutes like or so. you to be friends with us? <laughs> or are we a little toxic? Or are you all set? <laughs> you know what? I've given you guys 90 chances with the podcast. I think it's time to move on. All their friends are looking real great now. They're like, oh, no, my friends are awesome. <laughs> we want to be your famous friends. You don't want us. Uh, Courtney, if they want to get in touch with you for any reason whatsoever, how can they do so? Absolutely. The easiest way is to email me, wellness at wctk.com. Also want to let you know, you can always go to our website, catcountry.com, the wellness 411 page. We have great resources on there, and we have a link to this podcast. Socials at Cat Country Mornings, individual pages, Courtney with a C, Kelly E-Y, Bedard on some of them, Brian with an I, M-U-L-H-E-R-N on all of them. And don't forget to tell your friends about this. Well, not the toxic ones. (laughs) Actually, they probably need it more than anybody. (laughs) Tell them about us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Libsyn, smart devices. Google it. You can find it. Leave us a review. And hopefully, as we continue our march to episode 100, Mm -hmm. we'll have even Uh, more friends listening next week. I want cake on episode 100. (laughs) I want cake. I thought of this the other day. Screw episode 100. I want cake now. (laughs) And I'm not talking about the band. I take both, actually. Yes. All right, Courtney, thank you very much for your insights. Thank you. I consider you such a non-toxic friend. And to all of our non-toxic friends out there, we will see you next time for episode 91. Thanks for listening. I want to talk about-